I'm proud to say a big subject that we've been talking about for a number of years on Money Talks because of the social problems it causes is the lack of housing, a lack of affordable housing, the lack of affordable rents. I know it's an old song and it seems like the various levels of government are just maybe discovering it. Well, I thought it'd be interesting to go to somebody who's actually in that business, working hard on it. Ralph Vanderwall, he's the founder, CEO of Easy Invest. Now, this is what they do. They're sort of a boutique investment dealer uh, out of Richmond, British Columbia. Uh, you know, has its own mutual fund trust, uh, the Western Canada Monthly Income Fund. But what they do is develop local real estate projects. Uh, Ralph, let me start by just saying thanks for joining us. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's do, something we talk about on Money Talks is this incredible demand for housing, thanks to uh, you know uh, non-permanent visas coming in here, temporary visas coming in for students, for workers, and of course the new immigration par- uh, target set in two thousand October two thousand, saying you were going to have record immigration. I mean, all of that's obviously now p- pushed such a squeeze on housing. It's incredible, Mike. I've been in real estate investing for 20 years. I've never seen anything like it. In my presentations, I call it the biggest train wreck in Canada's history. That's the bad news if you're trying to get into the real estate market. If you're in the real estate market as an investor or as a developer, which we are both, it's just the holy grail. I mean, there's a massive imbalance between supply and demand for housing. Yeah, it's funny because you could say, hey, uh, you know, how do you know you got a good market? Well, my goodness, look at those numbers. I mean, I know you guys had written and talked about that CMHC report coming out last September. You know, that's where it really grabbed people saying, hey, you know, we don't only going to have the 2.6 million houses across the country. We need a heck of a lot more than that. I think the number they came up with recently is we need an extra 3.5 million homes by the next seven years just to keep up with affordability. That's on top of the 2.6 million homes that are already on the books, but I think they're low on the number. Yeah, you're right. I think CIBC would agree with you. Uh, They came out and said, hey, you forgot to count about 1.4 million people. The, The number is more than 5 million above, as you say, and that's the key to get above the 2.6 million that was already planned by 2030. I mean, as we said, great environment for people like yourselves who create housing. But then we've heard another thing too. I mean, I've talked to lots of people in the development business and it just seems like so many times our municipal, provincial, federal governments are working counterproductively to that with this huge, you know, sort of levies or regulatory delays or things. Give me from the ground level what kind of stuff you're dealing with that way. Well, first of all, there's the cost and then there's the, the capacities of municipal places, uh, cities where you, where you develop. For example, when we went for our, uh, our building permit in Maple Ridge, uh, we took about $300,000 worth of drawings to the city there. And my architect, after delivering them in paper, said, where do I send the digital files? And are you sitting down for this? They said, we don't have the capacity to receive digital files. Yeah. Wow. And that's in a city of over 100,000 people. And then they take a good nine months to approve your building permit. In that meantime, the cost of capital continues, which gets added on to the final cost of each unit. And on top I, of that, you've, you've got the massive cost of doing business in Canada. Uh, if if you want, we can talk about the numbers. Let me, let me come back to the first, though, because, again, it's somewhat overlooked, is permit delays. We hear about that all the time. You know, and governments have acknowledged that. And yet, as you said, you've already purchased the land. You know, the clock's ticking. It's your expenses are going up while you have to sit idle waiting for permission to build the units governments tell us they want. I mean, all of this is it's back to that sort of, 
confused train wreck, uh, you know, there. And then, as you say, yeah, give us an example of some of the costs they throw on. Why? Because as the end user, I'm the one paying for it. I'll give you an example of Maple Ridge. Uh, I'll share with you, we bought the land for 7.3 million. It's a beautiful piece of land overlooking the Fraser River. It's very unique, but there's some extra costs you gotta keep into account. We have a deposit of 1.3 million with the city for engineering work, which they hold without interest for a couple of years. Eventually we do get it back. The transfer tax in BC was 285,000. The federal GST on the land purchase, 377,000. That we do get back during construction. Then the annual property taxes around twenty nine grand for two years. Developer cost charges are a whopper. That's roughly four hundred thirty five thousand dollars that you don't get back. Park fees fifteen grand. I'll add it up for you: two point four million, or over sixty seven thousand dollars per unit. After we get some rebates of the GST, that comes down to roughly two point, uh, sorry, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, or twenty one thousand per unit. Then when you sell the units, the end user obviously pays GST on their unit. That adds another 1.6 million. So the government on all three levels take 2.3 million on a piece of land, which costs us 7.3. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I really hope people listen to that. Uh, I, I've always been, I'm not, I'm not putting words in your mouth, so I, please be clear, everyone listening. But it's driven me nuts when I hear politicians talk about their caring and their deep concern about affordable housing. And then you turn around, you talk to someone in the business like you people at Easy Invest and you hear that list, you know, and as you say, either you're paying it or I, as a consumer, the end buyer is going to pay it. And there's other, there's even other attachments to that on top of that. I mean, first, you know, one of the things, sorry, Ralph, I'll digress for a sec, but one of the things I talked about uh, a week or so ago was we forget the biggest problem with affordability is that's the amount of tax taken off my paycheck that I need to be able to afford a down payment and then monthly payments. I mean, we forget that's at about a 50% level when all taxes are taken into account for the average Canadian, you know, sales taxes, et cetera, gas taxes, let alone your income tax. Sorry, as you can tell, it drives me nuts because they're telling me they care about affordability. And then you give us a list like that and, you know, it's jaw dropping. It really is. So as a developer, especially with the interest rates being a lot higher than they were a couple of years mm. ago, it forces us to, to outsource all materials as far as we can. And I really don't like doing it. I love Canada. I love supporting Canadians. We employ hundreds of people on these development sites, but we have to save costs. So for example, when we do our building model, we get quotes here in Canada, and then we get quotes in China, and we get quotes in India. And the cost savings are over 50% if we outsource to other countries. But if you want to keep the cost down, you got to do stuff like that. You know, I mean, if you want to pass it on to the consumer with the desire for affordable housing, make your units more attractive, you know, you've got to, you've got to be searching. And interesting point there. There's very few places you can do that, like areas. I mean, you know, your material cost is puffed to outsource too far. You know, I mean, because you've got transportation costs, you might have tariffs if you come from the U.S. But as you say, uh, there's nothing you can do about the tax burden coming from three levels of government. So there's really a narrow corridor for you to say, I wonder if we can save a few bucks here. It's the only way to go. At the end of the day, our investor capital is looking for a good return yeah. without too much risk. So if the return is not where we want it to be, then we'll just simply have to get out of this industry and invest somewhere else. So that's what we have to do. Let me ask specifically, uh, you know, because people around, as you say, you do investors and you do development both. 
just tell me the kinds of things or amenities or what that first of all what do people want right now besides affordability is there anything else you say like i we do a lot better if we do a two bedroom or a three bedroom than if we do a one bedroom you know that kind of stuff or you know what is the road structure like that kind of stuff the, our next project is really geared for families like most condominium developments in the outlying areas of, of vancouver such as maple ridge or abbotsford are not very large units you know they tend to be 750 800 square feet our units in Maple Ridge are designed larger. They all tend to be 1,100 and 1,200 square feet. Most of them two and three bedrooms, and all of them, almost all of them have a den. So we're really applying to families that are being pushed out of the greater Vancouver area. And what about transportation? I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is how do you get from there back? If you, ha if you have to go back to the city, although I love the work at home or some hybrid version, so you don't have to tr commute near as much. And to me, that opens up you know, uh, suburbs far more. But what about other considerations? So as you know, the city of Vancouver is densifying lots of areas under Bill 44 and Bill 47. They're all based on transit. And that's what we looked for in Maple Ridge. So we found a site that has the West Coast Express stopping at the front door. So the theory is that the families that live there, maybe they'll have one person work from home and maybe one person commute either by car or by transit. Now, the other thing, by the way, uh, just because I was reading, you weren't telling me this, but I was reading about Easy Invest is um, you're, you're actually past, you know, the formal permit process, you know, the first permit process like you've got. So because that is a risk. I mean, I know that from personal experience that you've got to get those permits. So I'm just talking to investors right now. That would be an attractive component is where they're at with that permitting process. Absolutely. So in the past, I've done lots of projects where we take raw land through the rezoning process and then the development permit and the building permit process. I have steered away from that. In fact, I joke to people when they come up with a piece of land that needs rezoning, I said, I'm a rezonaholic. <laughs> I, I got a 1-800 number I can call if I wake up in the middle of the night and I want to rezone something. Because <laughs> in Canada, that's a minefield. You never know what's coming at you. And I have many clients when I was in investor relations in the past that went through rezoning and spent sometimes up to 10 years waiting for rezoning yeah. in certain municipalities. So I don't do that anymore. We buy properties that either have the zoning or the zoning is in progress. Yeah, it's something to check on again for investors when they're looking around within that. Well, as I say, I mean, could you think of a more uh, bigger demand for the products that you put out than the current housing market? And I don't see any sign of it actually having some sort of dramatic improvement. We're so far behind on that. Uh, so, yeah, great business to be in. But I, I really appreciate you taking time sharing the perspective you have from the ground up. Thanks, Mike. Always a pleasure. Ralph Vanderwall is... Uh, co-founder, CEO of Easy Invest. And I want to tell you about something here. They've got two seminars coming up this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. You just go to mikesmoneytalks.ca, two webinars, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, mikesmoneytalks.ca, six o'clock Pacific Standard Time, six o'clock, or is that daylight time by next year? I don't even know when the hell that changed. Six o'clock, check on your watch that way. But you'll find it right there on Money Talks, by the way. Go to mikesmoneytalks.ca, but please enroll because there's always limited, uh, just with the technologies, there's a limited number of people that can go. So it's tw uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, more on this, more on the whole development industry and opportunities within the investment side of it. And Ralph will be there, of course. So take advantage, mikesmoneytalks.ca.